I don't know why that was playing. Let's go up here to commercials. We got, we got, we got a few minutes. Canadian aquatic. Yeah, I just started the commercials. If you are into anything aquatic, Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today. So, do you think Gates will keep his job? Another week after. What's that? This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. Yeah. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture so, the best memories I mean, you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories? It's either this or that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying there. I just, I just don't know how they're going to handle themselves. Grateful Heart Photography. Right. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. You can also capture the scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704. Message her at facebook.com slash Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. I just don't know who's going to do what. 
at this point with the Jets and the Army, if they lose in the short week to the Broncos, which are hurting with injuries right now, you know, if they lose to them in the short week, I'm going to be, you know, I mean, you know, Jet fans are going to probably just jump off the bandwagon for the rest of the season. In need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. If you love tie dye, you'll love tie dye drinks. You'll style great handmade tie dye clothing such as t shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks that were handed during this COVID 19 pandemic. The best tie dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tie dye drinks. Or you can call so, Abigail Summers and you know, Susanna Payton at 543 anywhere in the United so, States. You know, Born in the Pacific Northwest, tie-dye dreaming is the place for you. And, Give us a call and start tie-dye dreaming today. Oh, yeah, you can go. You can Where do you see yourself you 10 years you from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Sisters. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs. I mean, you know, education and I mean, you know what type of a mess? You also got to say, what type of a mess was left with Todd Bowles? You I mean, you got to ask that question, too. I mean, you know, in fairness, you know, you know, I'm not for a coach being fired after only two seasons. College of the with the franchise, because you know they're not supposed to be today. they're not supposed to be winning Super Bowls after two after only two seasons of coaching a new team. A head coach is going to put together a five-year plan. Hi, this is John Thurio. So if you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than one nostalgic weekend. Oh yeah. So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into town only on one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. That's the question. Right. So I'm, I, I, I get everything that you're saying. I get it. I'm not mad. But at the end of the day. When you talk you talking to me as a as, as a Jets fan to say, well, you know, this this guy had a five year plan and this guy has a five year plan. You don't even get a chance to to, to to see half of that shit through. By year three, you you, you by three year three you gone. How many years did Ty Bowles coach the Jets? Three, four years? About yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then who was before that? So, so like it's the same it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like, we talked about this before, Bob. You know See where we're at here with the commercials. Yeah, man, we got crazy sports, man. Um,
Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at facebook.com slash Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. 
but there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye dreaming. You'll style in great handmade tie-dye clothing such as t-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tie-dye dreaming. Or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye Dreamin' today. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. With coronavirus spreading, People at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. phone, phone. Oh, yeah. All right. It's the verbal version of the replay, the recap, the game seven, the draft, preseason, the rematch, players and coaches, the man keeps you posted, whether you're rooting for the home or away, dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a click, we keep the conversation going and we cover it all, so when it goes down, you know the score, and when it come to sports talk, this ain't no small talk, this is the big leagues, the ball is in your core, the best place for debate and point of view, after further review, you know what to do. Bong, bong, what's going on? We in the building. After further review, 2.08A is a sideline pass. We are live and direct, man. Tuesday nights, man. This is going to be a uh, bittersweet episode, man. This is going to be the last Tuesday night that we locked. Started next week. We will be in the building on Wednesdays. So, all right, Wednesdays. So, um, get your calendars ready. Get it set and all that good stuff, man. We will be coming to you live and direct 
Talks on Wednesdays, okay? Uh, so rock with us, man, like we've been rocking with y'all, man, still doing what we do. We just got to move the show to Wednesdays, all right? After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass will be coming to you live and direct on Wednesdays, all right? Starting October the 7th, all right? October the 7th, we're going to be coming at you live and direct. All right, so that's basically that. And October 7th, Wednesday night, we started kicking it off after further review 2.0, a.k.a. The sideline pass. All right, we're in the building, man, live and direct. Let's get it popping. A lot to talk about, man. NBA Finals, you've got the Heat, and you've got the Lakers. Um, we're going to definitely get into that. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs started today. All right, we're going to definitely get into that. Uh, week three of the NFL, we're going to definitely get into that. WNBA playoffs, we get into that. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning, 2020 Stanley Cup winners. They won down in the bubble. Salute to them for doing what they do. And um, you already know what it is, 954-246-0398. That's the mathematics, man, 954-246-0398 is the math. Um, yeah, man, we're going to you know, start off with some, with some football talk as we do. You know what I'm saying? Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I like what my team is doing. Uh, and, again, I got to stick with my team. You know, I'm not, you know, mad at, um, you know, uh, what's going on with them? At first, I was, you know, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't really accepted of the Tom Brady thing, you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Um, I'm liking my team. I feel like we're going to get better as the season uh, progresses. Um, but again, I think what we do is what we do, man. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were trying to win, and I can't knock my team for trying to get better and trying to be better. So I can't be mad at that. Um, nice win against the. Um, Denver Broncos doing what we do, even though that they were dealing with some, you know, some injuries going on with uh, with Drew Locke and some other situations that they had to go on with with the with the uh, with the Denver Broncos. But I think that you know, with the Bucks, we're playing we're playing better football, and I think that we um, deserve you know what we have right now. We're starting to look like the team that you know many expected to see before the season started. Um, our defense is really on point, and I don't want to say it's better than what people thought. But I think our defense can definitely, you know, compete with any team with any, against any offense in the NFL right now. So um, again, I like what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done. I like how they look. Um, we're getting better. So um, two and one, I'll take two and one right now. I'll take two and right now. And um, again, um, I think what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing is fine. It's fine. We don't need to be three and zero. We okay? Because again, at the end of the day, you know, I'm you know Tampa Bay Buccaneers when you know we got. Um, you know, we, we, we deal with adversity all the time, but when we got prosperity, you know, we don't really, you know, uh, handle it well. The last time we had prosperity was a couple of years ago when people started talking about us toward the end of the season. It might have been 2018, and uh, then all of a sudden we just fell apart. So, again, um, I'm, I'm liking what we're doing so far, okay? And um, we just have to, you know, keep, keep it going. Keep it going. And make those... Um, that, that that late season game against New Orleans on a Sunday night, you know, have that to mean something, okay? And uh, we'll be all right. We'll, we'll talk about the playoffs and all that good stuff as it comes. Um, but going down the line, though, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, a lot of people that I know picked the Baltimore Ravens to uh, beat the Chiefs in the Monday night game that was played last night. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Baltimore Ravens, as they should. I mean, is there any doubt that the Chiefs are the best team? 
I think the Baltimore Ravens again, and I said it before the season started. I'm gonna say it again because a lot of people um, don't really, you know, look at especially football the way I look at it. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that the Baltimore Ravens will still have that thing in the back of their mind about what happened last year. All right, um, in the um, in the in the division playoffs against the Tennessee Titans when they couldn't handle their business at home. So I think that when you have a team like Baltimore that goes up against a team like, say, uh, Cleveland or Cincinnati, you know, uh, they're going to put their numbers up and make it do what it do. But when they play a, a quality team like, you know, maybe say Kansas City Chiefs, you know, at home, so there's no excuses, they're at home. So the Chiefs just went in there and handled their business and took care of the Baltimore Ravens as they should have, you know. So, again, I think um, – for all the greatness that Lamar Jackson has, you know, has shown and all the greatness that he will show uh, in his career, he still has a lot to learn, man. I mean, 97 yards in the air. Um, I think he had 80-something yards running. Um, yeah, 83 yards on the ground. I think that, again, they have to, you know, figure out a way to um, attack defenses and keep defenses on their toes. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs did, um, you know, show um, how to um, – you know, get at, the Ravens, get at the Ravens and get at Lamar Jackson. Kind of keep them in check, you know. And I think that um, the Chiefs did what they had to do. And I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that um, what they have right now, until somebody stops them, you know, this is what you're going to get. Patrick Mahomes, you know, four touchdowns, 385 yards. Um, even with the kid, uh, uh, Cry Edwards Hilaire, you know what I mean, 64 yards on 20 attempts. And he's a threat. So understand that the Chiefs, that the Chiefs are doing their numbers on both sides of the ball, um, and I and I like what they what they bring into the table, and I like what you know um, Andy Reid has done. All you got to do is roll the footballs out there, let you know Patrick Mahomes and them do their thing on offense, and then let the defense do what they have to do uh, um, on defense. So I think that whatever happens with the um, Baltimore Ravens going forward, I think that uh, a lot of teams are looking at them like saying that they're not really you know, um, too tough to beat. We'll just say it like that. They're not really that tough to beat. And, again, there's a lot of teams in the AFC that can make some noise, a lot of teams in the AFC. So it's not really a, a lock that, um, no pun intended, that the um, Baltimore Ravens are going to have the AFC championship game. And especially if they make it, it's going to be a tougher road for them now to try to get that game at home. So right now the, the, the road to the Super Bowl runs through Kansas City, period and at least to the AFC, right? And Baltimore, you know, they're, they're going to have to figure out, you know, the, how to get at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are 3-0. and And that was a team. And when I did my Super Bowl pick, before the season started, I had Tampa Bay and either Baltimore or Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. Now the people, like, didn't really talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I guess they forgot, you know. Ben Roethlisberger, he's you know he's coming back from an injury from last year. I think he's starting to you know um, you know have his have his get get his foot in back. Ben Roethlisberger starting to get it back together. Um, they haven't played their best football yet. It's, they're three and zero. You know, so watch out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, a lot of people talking about Buffalo. I'm not really there with Buffalo yet. You know, we had a talk behind the scenes uh, myself and. Um, the ubiquitous Bob James, he's in the building holding me down. And we talked about quarterback play. 
And a lot of people, you know, when you just discuss quarterbacks and you know what they like out of quarterbacks and things of that nature, they always bring up these numbers, these analytics, and who threw the most touchdowns, you know, in, in, in three weeks, or who's you know quarterback to interception ratio. And now I don't want to hear that nonsense. I'm not. I'm. I'm not here for that. Just tell me who you like and who you don't like. Don't give me no big explanation. I'm not here for that. And a big thing for me when it comes to quarterbacks is, like, can I trust you? If I can trust you, then that's all I need to know. So when we talk about the Buffalo Bills, like I said, I'm not really there with them. I don't really trust Josh Allen. I mean, he does have the offense looking decent, um, but the Buffalo Bills were supposed to be about their defensive play. All right, the defense has had some issues. Um, they knew they knew they have to play better on on the defensive side of the ball. But still, I'm not really big on Josh Allen. I'm not really big on on, on quarterbacks, you know, that I can't trust. And let me give you an example. I can trust Patrick Mahomes. I can trust Lamar Jackson to a certain degree. I can't trust Sam Donald. I don't trust Baker Mayfield. That's that. That's the examples I'm I'm, I'm going to give. But we can run down the whole list. And for me, you know, quarterbacks that I can trust. Do I trust Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Do I trust Drew Brees? Ah. Do I trust Dak Prescott? Kind of, sorta. Do I trust? Do I trust Tom Brady? Yes. You know, but I think that um another you know when we talk about quarterbacks. Do I trust Russell Wilson? Yes. Do I trust Matthew Stafford? No. Do I trust Matt Ryan? No. You know what I'm saying? So that that that's that's it for me. So you just ask the ask yourself the question. You know, can you trust this guy? Do you believe this guy can make it happen when you need uh, a big first down or when you need you know a touchdown and, and you got two timeouts left and you still have to go 73 yards? Can you trust this guy to get the job done? You know, and I'm not worried about don't, don't throw the incidental stuff at me. I'm just asking you a question. Can you trust this quarterback? All things considered, can you trust him? That's all I'm saying. Um, continuing running down the list of in, in, in the NFL, um, the Green Bay Packers, man, they did their numbers, man, against New Orleans on Sunday night. The offense looks a lot better than it did a year ago, the second year on the Matt LaFleur. Um, their defense, you know, has issues. They always have issues, especially in the secondary. Um, they have to fix, you know, what their defensive problems in are. But I think, you know, against the run, you know, um, the Packers' defense look kind of suspect. So they have to figure out, you know, defensively what they have to do to get better. Um, do, are they going to win 13 games again this year? I don't think so. So, again, they're going to have a bump in the road that's coming. But I think that their offense, you know, is, you know, looking better in year two on the Matt LaFleur. But the defense kind of, like, takes that away from, you know, the offense doing what they do. Um, we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about Buffalo. Seattle. Um, 14 touchdown passes in three games to Russell Wilson. All right. Um, but with the defense that he has, um, that's, the, you know, that's the kind of adage that we talk about when, you know, um, my man will score 35, but his man will score 33. So, again, we have a lot of offense, but we have no defense to, you know, to, um, to go with that. So, again, another team that scores a lot and they give up a lot, but they're 3-0. So really, it's not that much to complain about unless you're a Seahawks fan. Shout out to my man DJ Diz. 
Um, the Baltimore Ravens. Again, we talked about them, and I think that, you know, if they're even going to think about, um, you know, a Super Bowl run, they got to learn how to win at home in the playoffs, and they got to throw the ball better. Lamar Jackson just wasn't good against Kansas City. And I don't want to turn that into a, a, a referendum on him, you know, as, you know, does he perform, you know, better against the, the um, weaker teams, you know, um, only three now against Kansas City Chiefs. All right. So, again, um, we got to, you know, think about some things with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Tennessee, they're 3-0. Ryan Tannehill has played well. Um, again, another team that's a tightening defense up. They've given up 30 points in the past two games. Each of the past two games, they gave up 30 points. So I think that Tennessee has to, you know, straighten out what they do defensively. You know, offensively, they're okay, right? Ryan Tannehill is still doing what he does, all right? Um, New England Patriots, I think that um, they should be 3-0. They should be 3-0. But you know what? This game that they have coming up at Kansas City is going to tell a lot about New England, where they are. I think if, you know, um, they're a, you know, Cam Newton outside run from being 3-0 and right now. Kansas City is going to tell everything that you need to know about what New England is doing and where they're at. All right? Um, and 2-1, and I'm not mad at that with this team, and I think New England should be 3-0. That's just my opinion. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bucks, we're in the building. Bob, is that, is that, is that pretty Bob James in the building? All right. All right. All right. There we go. Now everyone can hear me. <laughs> oh, man, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing you with that one, you know, and really, you know, Patriots, and as much as I hate to say it, really should be 3-0. and I agree with that totally. <laughs> Cam Newton's back, you know. I mean, you know, he definitely showed that uh, he, he he's not done yet. I mean, we talked about, everyone talked about uh, how bad he looked uh, and how, how much he was benched. And his foot wasn't his injured foot wasn't supposed to be uh, such an excuse. And let me tell you, Cam definitely proved proved uh, proved people wrong with, with that one. So, I mean, let's just let's just call it like it is here, man. You know, and just uh, you know have to uh, you know people are just going to have to admit and eat their crocus because Cam Newton's you know, like I said, he's back and he's doing well. I mean, you know, the proof is right there, man, because. Uh, Right now, you know, we you know look at him and look at uh, look at his old team, the Panthers. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, you know, I I, I look at it a lot different than people. You know, again, I was a dude that said, you know what, Cam Newton should have a job. Period. All right. He was out there, you know, waiting to get a job, whatever, whatever. And um, New England scooped him up. Then the conversation was, oh, well, he only got a, a one year deal. I'm not mad at that. He got one year deal. He bet on himself, all right. And and the only thing that he has to do now is is, is keep the Patriots. Well, now he's keeping the Patriots competitive. Can they win that division? Hell yeah. Can they go deep in the playoffs? I don't know. Okay, so far you know they they, they played three games. He's two and one. Um, I think they have a very big game coming up this week against you know Kansas City on the road. Just to tell you everything that they need to know about, you know, what Cam Newton is, is bringing with the New England Patriots. But, again, I, you know, we knew that people that, that know that Cam Newton is, was going to bring, you know, a different, um, a different set of skill sets 
to um, the New England Patriots offense. So, and he's definitely done that. And, and again, I think that Josh McDaniels, you know, has something that he, you know, has didn't have in Tom Brady. But again, we go back to the Seattle game, Bob. I'm like, you got this dude right here, and you you run him off tackle. You could have did a play action. You had somebody wide open. You could you had that whole side of the field to take Cam Newton. You mean to tell me he couldn't get two yards? You know what I'm saying? You marched you marched him down against Seattle. I mean, me and you could march down the field against Seattle. But again, the the last two yards, I guess, are always the hardest to get. You know what I mean? But um, I think that um, again with Cam Newton, the Patriots have something, uh, and I think that uh, what they have is a lot better than any other teams in the division, and that includes Buffalo. That includes Buffalo. I'm not really a big Josh Allen dude. I'm not really big because I still go back to that playoff game against Houston. Well, a lot of that was Josh Allen just being like this all over the place. So that that's where I'm at with that. Um, we talked about my Buccaneers. We're gonna talk about them some more later on in the show. Um, the Chicago Bears. Do the Bears have a quarterback controversy, Bob? I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say uh, Trubisky wasn't doing his numbers. It's just mm-hmm. compared to Nick Foles. Nick Foles showed in that fourth quarter that he's a little more, uh, a little more of an aggressive player, uh, for lack of a better word. He's more of your more your aggressive quarterback. He's more your uh, quarterback to move the ball forward. You know, and I just think that that works. You know, that works more to his favor where it doesn't work so well for Mitch Trubisky, and I think that's really what's going on. Otherwise. I'm not going to say Trubisky was not on a roll. It just wasn't going to be his day there, you know, and to have the option to to go to Nick Foles definitely proved to be a great option for Matt Nagy. I think that, again, when you, you know, you're 3-0, um, Trubisky was supposed to, you know, have the, have the job, you know, on smash. Like, no problem, he's the starter, can't nobody unseat him. But again, like you said, you know these guys, you know they 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 perk up, you know, bring Nick Foles in the game. He was rallying them against that Atlanta defense, you know, and Mitch Trubisky does he doesn't have that. Whatever it is that Nick Foles has, Trubisky doesn't have that. And again, at the end of the day, I think when you have um, a quarterback in Mitch Trubisky and then you have a quarterback in Nick Foles that are both doing their numbers, like you said. But again, it's the way that the numbers get accomplished. It's how you do it. You come from behind. You know, you have confidence in yourself. and You have confidence. The team has confidence in you. You spread the ball around. And you make it happen. Not that Mitch Trubisky wasn't doing that. But I think, again, like you said, um, you know, Nick Foles is a little bit more aggressive in his dealings and how he wants to lead the team and things of that nature. So I think, again, like you said, Matt Nagy, you know, kind of like says, you know, I'm going with the hot hand. And I'm not mad at him for that. Um... The Arizona Cardinals, where are we at with the Cardinals, Bob? I mean, they lost to Detroit at home. Um, Kyler Murray, he looked all right. You know what I mean? After he had really two nice weeks, he looked all right. So what are we doing with the Arizona Cardinals? We still got to look at them as a, as a team that's rebuilding. You know, this is still a rebuilding period. I mean, Kingsbury, you know, has, ex- has expanded – his career in the NFL. He pretty much is doing that this year too. For the one chance that Kingsbury's having, he's using it to his advantage. 
and that's good. Okay. And that's that's good. That's I mean, not a bad thing, you know. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, there's still room for improvement on this team. You know, we're talking about right. the first three games here. You know, I mean, so right. so there's still pro, and there's you know, we're still going to see progress that we haven't seen before during the season with this team, and I just think, I just think at this point, you know, in its fairness. We gotta we, we gotta respect the fact that that you know this is still a new quarterback. This is still a team that is still building, and it's only it's only going to get better with time. But they're not meant to they're not meant to win their division. You know, for some people want to believe that this is actually a team that should probably be closer to an eight and eight franchise than anything else. You know, so. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna say there. But you know, he's gonna, you know, Kyler. He's gonna fight. For, he's gonna fight in every game, and and that, that's one of the big things I like about him. Um, I think that was a very good assessment. You know, and for for me, I I think that you know when you have the 49 to deal with what they have to deal with. I mean, Seattle's still the class of the NFC West, if you want to say that. Um, and then you have the Rams team that you know is 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 looking a little bit a, a, a little better. Um, eight and eight for the Cardinals, I think that would be a bad look for them. You know what I mean? Especially when, you know, the the, the Hopkins edition and I think with what they have going on, I think it's right now, um, losing to the to the Lions is really a bad look for them. I just kinda gotta they gotta, you know, do some things to get that taste out of their mouth. But um I think that the Detroit Lions did what they needed to do. You know what I mean? Um, winning a game on the road, which they probably nobody probably thought that they had a chance to win. So I mean, looking at it like that for the Cardinals, and then you look at it for the Lions, it's, it's a good look for them. So um, Kyler Murray, you know, you know, um, two out of three ain't bad. So we'll just see what happens moving forward. Um, the Los Angeles Rams—they were down twenty-eight to three on the road against Buffalo. Your your man Jared Goff is playing well, you know, um, and, and and again, a lot of people, you know didn't think the Rams could come across the country and, and do that, uh, do what they did um, against Buffalo. Um, again, Aaron Donald was playing like a super beast. And again, I mean, if, if you have Jared Goff playing well, you have that Los Angeles Rams defense playing well. Um, again, that's another team in the NFC West that, you know, um, you know, the, Car- the Cardinals and, and the Niners and the Seahawks have to watch out for. So if the Rams decide to wake up, then it's going to really be on and popping in that NFC West. Um, the AFC West, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and at home against New Orleans on a Monday night, and they came across country and they played against New England Patriots. The offense didn't look the same, you know, and, and I'll take that. I'll take that for the Raiders. But they're going to have to learn how to, you know, you know come across country and, especially on a, a, a short week and do what they do. Um, the offense just wasn't the same against New England. And um, we'll take that. Um, the 49ers, um, they played against the Giants, you know, you know, considering all the injuries that they have, the, win, the way that they didn't win against the Giants, you know, says a lot about their coaching staff. Um, but, again, it's, it's going to be hard to kind of, you know, get through those, you know, those losses that you have. Uh, on both sides of the ball for too long because you're not going to be playing the Giants every week. Um, Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you know, they look 
the way that they're playing now, they should be three and them. They look back at this season and wonder how they lost uh, against Jacksonville to open up the season. All right, the defense has started to wake up. Phillip Rivers is starting to look a little bit better. So that's another team that you know might be wondering, you know, how you know why they're two and one right now. Um, the New Orleans Saints, they're one and two. They they feel like they should be three and zero right now. Hmm. Um, we talked about them in the first week. You know when they played Tampa Bay, um, the Buccaneers easily could have won that game if it wasn't for you know injuries and uh, um, bad penalties and you know the pick six that Brady had. But with New Orleans, their defense is having major issues. They have to really turn it around. I mean their offense was you know fine against Green Bay, but Michael Thomas is is showing that uh, they need him. You know. Um, Drew Brees has to have his man. If he doesn't, you know, the offense looks, you know, kind of different um, without Michael Thomas. But um, the New Orleans Saints, the bigger issue with them is they're one and two. Right? They're looking, you know, um, you know, they're looking up at, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. So again, um, the Saints have to really turn it around. The Dallas Cowboys, they're one and two. That team could be easily be zero and three. If it wasn't for, you know, uh, a Atlanta Falcons special teams, you know, uh, uh, brain fart, they'd be, the Cowboys would be 0-3. And they'd be jumping out the window. The Cowboys fans would be jumping out the window. But they're 1-2. Their offense is, you know, you know it's, it's, it's fun to watch, but their defense is garbage. Their defense is garbage. This is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You got the mayor in the building on hard body karate on the NFL tip. We're going to take a pause of the cause. When we come back, man, we're going to finish up with the NFL, get into the NBA finals. All right? Give a uh, shout-out to, um, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. And uh, we'll talk about the baseball playoffs and we'll talk about some other stuff. All right? This is after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You got the mayor in the building. Let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. This is our time. We play without limits. 
We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it. Together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at facebook.com slash Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye dreaming. You'll style in great handmade tie-dye clothing such as t-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tie-dye dreaming. Or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye Dreamin' today. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information.
Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network.
Bong, bong, bong. We back in the building, man. It's after further review 2.0, a.k.a. Sideline Pass. Everything is love, love on a, on, on a Tuesday night. How we doing? And this is the last one, man. The last Tuesday night show, man. We're moving to Wednesday, man, October 7th. All right? So October 7th, we will be back in the building Wednesday night strong. All right? Making it do what it do. All right? We got a call in the building. Let's get it. Let's get it. Welcome to After Further Review 2.0. A.K.A. the Sideline Pass. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Stephen from Wisconsin. Ah, Stephen from Wisconsin. It would, be, would, it, would it be the ubiquitous Steve K. in the building, that big Green Bay Packers fan that hosts his own podcast? Would that be you, sir? You know, bro. All right. Yes, I am. Oh, what's good, man? What's good? What's good? I know you're in a good mood. The Green Bay Packers did their thing, man. You want to talk about them a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, hard hard fought struggling game. Um, you know, and that especially that one play specifically I go back to, I know it's, you know, one moment of time that was negative after a big win, but that uh, Alvin Kamara uh touchdown with six to eight missed tackles. I don't remember exactly how many, but I think it was eight. Either way, that being dipitous of our defense all last season and how so far in this season it seemed like I was turning around, and then in the Saints game, especially that play, and even other plays as well, just going back to the negativity of poor tackling, you know, and undisciplined playing on the defensive side of the ball. Our offense, specifically Aaron Rodgers, even maybe even more so Aaron Jones in the running game, actually being sustained and starting a little momentum in a positive direction, helping us be able to push through and win these games. Um, and our scoring efficiency so far as well, you know, going up against a, un, or a winless, a winless Atlanta Falcons on Monday Night Football may be grand in its own right, but I know Atlanta going to be coming to play um, because Dan Quinty probably will be on the line. But either way, uh, certainly going to be um, interesting to see how we do in that game. You know, with all games, it's how, how you approach each and every week. You know, we could win a game 47-10, to 10, and then the next week we're facing the Jets, but we lay an egg because we subconsciously or consciously as a team, you know, the Packers, of course, saw them as inferior opponents and just stuck them, you know, in a trap game, as, as you know, fans and journalists say, um, you know, that, that word's thrown out there for a reason. You know, it happens. Again, consciously or subconsciously, it's all about the psychology of it all as much of it as it is about football. So we are happy for the Packers. We are undefeated, tied in the mighty NFC North with the Chicago Bears. Um, and looking forward to to uh, the upcoming weekend and our Monday Night Football matchup uh, going to the ATL facing, uh, or actually at home, uh, facing the Falcons. No doubt, man. I think that um, yourself being a Packers fan, man, you should be, um, you know, I think the way, the football that you're used to seeing, again, I get which is talking about you're not really satisfied, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. It was crazy. Um, again, you know, you're 3-0, and um, again, but you don't want to rest on that. I'm not, not mad at that. You know what I mean? You got, you know, it's no time for nobody to kind of like sit back and relax. And like you said, you might have a trap game coming up. Um, with his, um, the Monday night game against Atlanta. So, again, you have to, you know, go into this game with the same mentality. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, 283, three touchdowns. Um, again, I think this is the second, was the second year with Matt LaFleur. So, I think that, you know, it's it's getting a little bit more, it's getting a little better. I think that they found the comfort zone with each other. 
Um, even though that um, Devontae Adams wasn't able to play because he had a hamstring. Um, again, um, you know, Aaron, you know, broke it up, man. He had short passes, long passes. Um, Alan Lazard is turned into a, a, a beast, kind of, sort of. He had six passes for 146 yards. Um, again, he had a gain of 48, a gain of 72. Uh, each of those set up touchdowns. So, again, I think that um, Aaron Rodgers is going out there doing his thing. And I think the offense is, is going to have to make up for the shortcomings of the defense. Again, like you said, he missed about eight tackles, man, at least on that Alvin, on the Alvin Kamara touchdown. But I think, um, again, the Saints aren't playing their best football either. Um, but, again, Alvin Kamara had 197 yards from scrimmage. And, um, again, he scored twice on short passes from Drew. And, again, I think, um, again, you've got to tighten up your defense, man. I think, you know, we were talking about you guys a little bit earlier in the show, and I mentioned that I didn't think that, you know, your team was good enough to win, enough, you know, 13 games this season. You know what I mean? But I think that you got off to a, a great start, 3-0. All right. Um, again, you almost scored 40 points um, against the Saints after you had 43 against Minnesota and 42 against Detroit. So I, I can't really be, you know, I can't really be mad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but I get where you're coming from as a Packer fan. You want to be um, at your optimum level on both sides of the ball. I get it. I get it. Um, what so far for you um, has been the um, kind of surprise? Okay, we played three weeks of the season. What, what has been a, a surprise for you so far? Um, in regards to the whole landscape of the NFL, I think the surprise for me actually has to do with actual players that are playing is the actual fan, fan um, meaning of the games, meaning, you know, some stadiums able to have fans capacity, whether it's Kansas City or otherwise, and how that affects, obviously, and stadiums that are unable to, and how that actually positively affects um, the um, opposing team, the, uh, the team on the road, the away team, I meant to say. So, you know, I think that's kind of the biggest surprise, the biggest step for me, again, you know, looking at that outwardly because of um, this new normal, this COVID era and everything, and, and obviously taking it seriously, the protocols that I'm happy at least we're having the season on schedule and on time and hopefully get to the Super Bowl. But for these first few weeks, for me, bigger than a player, bigger than a player, bigger than a team, I think the biggest surprise is in regards to the fans that are allowed at said stadiums like Jacksonville, Kansas City, and some others, and aren't in Minnesota, Green Bay, and others. So, um, and how that has affected the game, again, how that helped uh, you know us in regards to Green Bay facing Minnesota. Like one, um, with Aaron able to do his thing like he would normally do at home, the crowd quiet, uh, he was able to do in Minnesota because there was no crowd. Um, so you know those little things and how that affects the game and how that actually makes it a more balanced game. If that makes sense, you know, because um, you know there is not not that uh, advantage like in Seattle, they don't have their twelve or their their fan base they call them. So um, I think for me the biggest is that you know, affecting of the game. Now you still have the players in the field. You know, you still have that, and you still have a uh, competition, and best team will win and come out in that game. But, oh, excuse me, sorry. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, for me, the biggest thing above actual football play is the fan base, the COVID um, effect uh, on the NFL season uh, to me. That's a, uh, a dope segue, man, because, um, you know, talking about COVID, um, you know, the Tennessee Titans – had to um, suspend all uh, football activities 
because they had eight people come down with uh, positive COVID-19 tests. Um, remember, they played against Minnesota two days ago, so the Vikings are caught up in this too now. So, um, you know, um, again, uh, Tennessee has to play Pittsburgh this week, okay? Um, and, and, again, that, that game is probably, you know, going to probably end up being canceled or postponed. Um, I think that uh, if, you know, we talk about what's going on and being surprised that this football season is actually taking place, um, I think now that is, you know, we have a situation where um, a team has had to cancel activities and, um, you know, the Vikings have to play the Houston Texans. And um, if that game, you know, has to be moved, then um, a lot of stuff is going to get, you know, you know, thrown into, you know, haywire. So, again, um, you know, this COVID-19 thing is, is, is really, you know, is, is get, it's crazy. But, um, again, it's, 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 we, we, we knew it was going to happen eventually. We hoped that it wouldn't happen. But here we go. So um, what are we going to do? I mean, we just have to hope for the best, man, and, and just have to, you know, maintain and do what we do. Um, I feel like, you know, when you talk about, you know, the NFL and stuff like that, we talk about it all on this show. I think that um, when you talk about with the NFL, especially, you know, you want to see, you know, fans at the games and um, get hyped and charged about watching your team play, get excited. Um, it's just something that's different about it this year. We all know what it is, you know, and we talked about it even before, even when they announced that they were coming back. You know, I, I talked about it, and, um, you know, we mentioned you don't know what you got till it's gone. And it's the fans. It's the camaraderie. It's the excitement of the game. That's what's missing. And that's what we, we, we watched it because we're sports fans. But we would be more into it if it was, you know, the fans were there or whatever. But uh, I think that um, right now it's just crazy with what we have to deal with, man, and hopefully that uh, we can make it through the other side, yo. Um, that's that, man. But um, I appreciate you coming through, man. We're getting ready to get into some NBA Finals talk if you want to hang out and chop it up, man. Um, on the NBA note, you say you're in Wisconsin. What's your thoughts on um, Giannis Antetokounmpo? Is he going to stay in Milwaukee? Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping. I mean, the way things are going, uh, and how people, you know, especially when you read, you know, reading the things going on social media and the unfollows and things that he's on, or another stuff, and perfect tweets and, and tweets by other players and other people in the NBA about Giannis. Um, last week, you could think one way that he's probably going to leave, but I have a feeling that in the end he'll he'll sign what he feels best for him and his family and all that stuff to stay in Milwaukee. I really do think he wants to stay here. Uh, he just wants a better team around him. I think he just wants a more rounded team around him. I mean, we have uh, the role players. I just think we need one that one extra spark. We need that, you know, like either a true Robin or number thirty. You know, to be able to have a have our have our our own, you know, trio or duo. You know, be able to uh, come back to big of the NBA, let alone the East. You know, and be able to compete and be able to uh, be where we believe as a fan base, and I'm sure they do as a franchise, where they should be in the NBA, being the best in the NBA, uh, being the best in the in, in the Eastern Conference, that they were record wise this season, not you know, a season ago. So, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, you know, as fan base, we had high hopes, even the media had high hopes for Milwaukee. We didn't think we were going to have any issue with the Miami Heat, and yet the Heat just slapped us around, like we were the lower seed team, like they were the number one in the East. 
You know, right. so um, that's why I don't sleep on the heat, but I'm just going to be honest. My prediction is be the Lakers in five. Um, you know, it's going to be a gentleman's sweep, but um, I want the heat to win. You know, I respect LeBron in this. To me, Michael Jordan will always be number one, no matter what LeBron does. Um, that could be two reasons, and, and one of them being my era, when I grew up, grew up with Michael. Um, just like how people sleep on Brett, just how great Aaron is. That's why I think Brett's the best in Green Bay. Um, you know, don't forget all the things he did, all the crazy plays, all the stats and records he broke and, and took. Um, wasn't given. He, he, he took them. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, but in the NBA, like I said, I'm going, um, with the Lakers, uh, Lakers in five and Giannis to, uh, stay in Milwaukee, I would say a three-year deal. Okay. Um, I think that, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, if he stays in Milwaukee, um, you're closer to the situation than I am. I think that if he stays in Milwaukee, they have to win. They have to. They have to. They have to get. They got to get at least one ring out the deal. And here's the thing for me, though, Steve. Um, I don't think that they're gonna win in Milwaukee. I think their their best shot is kind of right past them by, unless they get somebody like a free agent or a trade that's gonna really be a number two and a compliment to Giannis. You can't go into the Chris Middletons. You can't have that no more. We, we you tried that. You've been there. You've done that. I think they lost a lot when Malcolm Brogdon left. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think that, um, you know, they can't go into next year with what they got if Giannis stays. I, 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 that, that's, that's the thing for me. If, if Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to stay in, in Milwaukee, they're going to have to improve that team. They're going to have to improve by leaps and bounds. There's no, that's just my opinion on it. There's no way that they can have that team be the same way and have Giannis, on his, and Giannis come back to that team the same way it looks. No way. No way. Yeah, that's the same mindset, not only in your own opinion, but also in the mind of Giannis and Tim Kukupo to be able to want to resign. Like, to, right. the word of the franchise of that, they're going to be, you know, trying to get these players, you know, doing their best, right? Trying to, you know, in the free agent market, you know, and, and how they're going to do the draft and how Giannis um, having more say um, in team decisions, you know, in the business decisions, you know, as it is, um, constructing the roster and otherwise almost like a LeBron kind of status. Um, you know what? Another question for me is, who wants to play in Milwaukee? That's, I think that, that, that has a lot to do with it as well. Who wants so to play a, in Milwaukee? That's a part of it that shouldn't really be a factor, but I think that it is. So yeah, again, it shouldn't be a factor at all, but it, it is. Right, it shouldn't be a factor you know? at all. It right, right. Yeah. It shouldn't be a factor at all, man. But I think that whatever Giannis does, he's going to do it, like you said, in, you know, in his you know best interest, in his family's best interest. But um, I, if I'm Giannis Antetokounmpo, if I'm Giannis, I'm leaving. And you know where I would go if I'm Giannis, and this is going and this is going to probably be crazy. I would go to the Knicks. Ah, go where uh, Jermaine. If I, was, I, I, if I was Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would go to the Knicks. Right, that's yeah, it. That was... And I and I'm and I'm gonna leave that at that. Yep. Hit me on Twitter at RMDust. Hit me on Twitter. 
Hit me on Facebook after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We on Facebook. Yes, absolutely. If I was Giannis, I would go to the Knicks. That's it. And, we'll, and, and we can talk about that at another time, but that's just me. And I have my reasons, and you know how I give it up. If I was Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would go to the Knicks. And, and, and I'm going to leave that at that. Um, the 2020 NBA Finals, um, the Los Angeles Lakers against the Miami Heat, the bubble bunch, ignoring it down there, LeBron going after another ring um, against his old team where he got rings with not one, not two, not five or six either. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I think that um, he's trying to do his thing with the Lakers. I got a couple of questions um, in regards to this NBA Finals. Um, the Miami Heat come into this thing as a team that, you know, people kind of slept on, but the people who knew, knew about what Miami could bring to the table, especially when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler who really wants it. And I think that he's proven that he wants it and he's going to show and prove this series that how bad he wants it. He sits back and watches, you know, the Embiid and the Ben Simmons and those guys are going to sit back and watch Jimmy Butler in the NBA finals. Right. Um, a question I have, is how will the Lakers attack that Miami Heat zone? Um, I think the Miami Heat, you know, they use zone defense a lot. Um, I think that, you know, in the second half uh, of games in that series against Boston, it was, you know, basically, you know, what they set out, their, their, their zone defense. That was the defense that they played. And I think it stifled Boston for most of that series. Um, I think that when you have a team like the Lakers that, you know, shooting is going to be a problem. If they don't shoot, they don't score. They don't score, they don't win. I think what happens with the Lakers is if, is if those, um, that the shooting is, again, going to have to be the antidote to that zone. I think that what the, the, the Lakers do, if they find their range and they find their shooting, they're going to shoot them out of the zone and Miami's going to have to, you know, match up. And then that's not going to be a good look. You got LeBron, you got Anthony Davis. Um, you got playoff Rondo. Mm-hmm. Playoff Rondo was way better than regular season Rondo. Playoff Rondo was the man. So, again, um, the Lakers are four wins away from, you know, winning the, the title. Um, then the talk is going to be about does it really count. I, I really don't care because, again, this season is what it is. But I just want to see a good NBA Finals. I think Miami Heat um, are going to be able to – Hang with the Lakers, like like Steve said, a gentleman's sweep. Maybe even, you know, steal a game. Maybe steal a game or two. Because, again, I think the Lakers are going to, you know, again, first games of playoffs, especially in this, in this, in this bubble, um, the Lakers haven't really fared so well. You know what I mean? Um, they lost against, I think they lost against Portland. You know, um, I think they lost um, another series. I don't know if it was Denver. They lost in game one. So game ones haven't been kind to the Lakers, but I think they're going to get the job done. Um, I give it six games. If it doesn't go six, so be it. But I give I give the goal to the um, the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. I'll make that six games, and I think the, um, the Lakers will get it done. Um, and when you talk about other things in, in regards to this series, I think you know Miami is going to you know. Um, figure out what they're dealing with. But the Lakers, who are they going to start? 
in this series, in the finals. Um, I think you got LeBron, AD, Kentavious uh, Caldwell Pope, and Danny Green. That's four, right? Um, you know, who are the Lakers going to put in that fifth spot? Are they going to put, you know, JaVale McGee, who started for most of the season? Um, you're going to put Marquise Morris, who started in the, in the Houston series? Or you're going to put Dwight Howard, who got the you know nod in in the, in the last couple of games against Denver. Um, I think that uh, when you talk about Javale McGee, I think he's been the guy that when he goes well, the Lakers play well. Remember, they used to laugh at Javale McGee. He used to always be on Shaq and the Fool, and he would always get caught in situations that were not really good looks. But I think that um, once you know he plays his game, and, and he plays his game. When he plays, JaVale McGee is all right. And I'm not taking nothing away from him, but he's going to have to play and be a positive, a positive for the Lakers. I think that, you know, even with Dwight Howard, um, you, know, he, he, you know, he proved that he could still play big in the Denver series. Right? And I think that, um, you know, with you know, the starting five, when you have McGee and Carwell Pope in there, that was, you know, that starting five was outscored by the Lakers' opponents. So, again, um, you know, whether Vogel starts a center at all is, is going to be a problem. Who are you going to put on Jimmy Butler? Okay, you're going to start Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler? Okay. Um, again, LeBron is not going to chase Jimmy Butler around screens. So, again, I think that um, putting Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler would probably come with um, running the risk of getting in foul trouble. All right. But again, understanding Jimmy Butler doesn't really have to, you know, doesn't really shoot that many three point shots that, you know, could free Anthony Davis up to get down with the boards, you know what I mean, and help out on defense. So again, um, you know, if you if you pick Marcus Morris, you know, you, you got six fouls to give up. Okay? You're not really looking for Marcus Morris to score, you're looking for him to play defense and to kind of like, you know, tire Jimmy Butler out. Um who, who, who's going to play backup center for Miami, right? Um, I think that, you know, once Miami started, you know, putting Bam out of Bayou um, in the center position, they, you know, were going to, you know, run their small team. Um, I think that, you know, when you have a, 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 a team like Miami has, man, they don't really have big, 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 big guys. I think that you have to have flexibility in the middle. Um, with Andre Iguodala, it gives Miami that flexibility to switch on the defensive end. And then, it, you know, add some extra on the offense because they have a little bit more ball handling, you know. But um, I think that um, if you leave Andre Iguodala wide open beyond the arc, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, even though he's a 33% three-point shooter, I think that, um, you know, let Iguodala shoot. And if he gets hot, then you know what you got to do. But I think that um, if, you know, Iguodala is hot, as long as Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow aren't, you know, hot as well, I think they'll take, you know, Andre Iguodala getting a couple of baskets. Um, I think that, you know, Miami's going to want to play the game fast defensively. And I think that, um, you know, they're willing to be – to sacrifice size does that. Okay, I think that, you know, Bam is really the only big man capable of, you know, doing what he has to do. But um, I think that if his minutes are, 
you know, taken up by playing Anthony Davis, um, I think that's going to leave a hole in what Miami does in the rotation when those two guys need to get a rest. All right. Um, I think that um, if Eric Spolster has any, you know, tricks up his sleeve defensively, I think in those minutes, um, he's going to have to, you know, bring that out. Because definitely they're going to have to definitely stop, you know, what the Lakers do as they rely on their transition, which is their primary source of offense. And they, you know, got to find a way to make that happen and manufacture it even against teams that are slow, that don't like to push the basketball. Okay? So, again, I think that um, when, you, when you have a team like the Lakers who like to push the basketball and a team that Miami that, you know, can, can play that type of defense, but uh, they have to sacrifice defense, and they're going to sacrifice offense for the way that they have to run up and down the court with the Lakers. Um, Miami has had really, really strong, you know, fourth quarters, um, and I think that um, then you know they, that that trend continues. They're going to do well against the Lakers, but um, again, um, they have a guy who's proven in in, in fourth quarters and Jimmy Butler. Um, they have a team that can really handle the ball. Everybody on the, on that team can handle the ball in Miami, so that <clears throat> ball handling, excuse me, is going to be valuable. You know, late in the game, when you know you're going to have to hold the basketball down and have them come to you. So being able to move the basketball and control the ball is going to be very, very important. Um, I think that the gap between you know the the Lakers and the Heat. Um, is, is, is kind of wide, and everybody else thinks that this series is going to be like a four-game sweep or five. I think the Heat, you know, have, you know, two ways that they can win this series, all right? The first we already talked about that involves them winning the three-point battle, okay? But they have to win the three-point battle by a wide enough margin to kind of like put off what the Lakers do with LeBron and AD. It's possible, but it's kind of unlikely. It may happen in, in, a, in one game. It may happen in two games. But I don't think it can happen over an entire series. Um, the Lakers shot 42% of wide-open three-pointers over the past two rounds. They're not going to keep that up. But it's, it's, it shows that they can make the easy ones. So that means that Miami's going to have to get out on defense. Um, I think the other path is um, they're going to have to keep the games close. And then win, you know, every game at the end. All right. Um, <clears throat> considering they have one of the, you know, all-time legend, all-time great closers in LeBron in LeBron James, that doesn't really seem, you know, all that reasonable either. But I don't think Miami is going to roll over. Um, I think that it's going to be a close series. I think we're going to have some, you know, really really close games. I think we may have a blowout here or there. Um, I think that, you know, the Lakers are going to win it in six. I'm going to say the Lakers are win, beat Miami Heat in six games. What's your thoughts on it, Bob? Now I'm unmuted again. Uh, there we go. Um, you know, I got to say... Where it goes for the heat, you know. I mean, I just think I, you know, I agree with what you said earlier. You know, where they're lacking with the big guys, you know, the you know, the big guy center. I think that kind of works against the heat. 
you know, Butler's going to show that he's there to fight, fight and everything, you know, that it's not going to be a sweep. But I, I kind of agree with you. I think Lakers do it in six games, and I'm rooting for my Miami Heat. But, yeah, I think Lakers in six, I think, uh, pretty much uh, says it all there where that one goes. I do think that the roster is a little more wider on the Heat side. You know, that they have players that they can go to where it's just basically three or four guys over there. But, you know, let's face it. When you got LeBron, how much are you really going to need there? You know, as long as LeBron's going to play classic LeBron ball. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And I think that um, when, you, when you talk about LeBron and his you know, past, you know, he's got you know, titles with Miami and things of that nature. I think that uh, intangible that you have to um, consider in this series is Pat Riley. I think that, you know, Pat Riley and Eric Spolster, they have the, the formula that, you know, knows what it knows what it takes to to beat LeBron. They've gone up against him. Um, now you know they're going against him again. Um, I think that you know Pat Riley is is, is going to you know get these young guys and, and 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 talk to them in a way that says, hey man, we can you know, we can get this done. A lot of people don't think that you know um, it's going to happen, but I think that the Miami Heat can play well enough to make this series uh, a, a question. If they can go, if even if Miami takes the lead in the series. And the Lakers come back and win. That's good enough for me. I think that the Miami Heat have to make a statement in this series. They do definitely they do that in game one. Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, you know, you know, you know, if they do, do they do that in game one? Tell you the truth, yes, I think they're going to stay. I think they look at having to make their statement be shown in every game that's possibly going to be played. Out of okay. seven, out of seven, you know, let's just face it. Okay. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. I think that, um, again, um, you know, Miami, even if they lose game one, uh, Bob, if it comes down to the last seconds and the Lakers, you know, hit a shot or whatever, I think that that would still give the Miami heat confidence in, in, in knowing that they could still win the city, they could play with the Lakers. And a lot of people probably don't think that they could play with this Laker team. And I, and I, and I, and I don't believe that. I think that um, Miami Heat, you know, with what they have on their roster, they can play with this Laker team. They have the, you know, they, the Lakers may have the size differential. They may have the size, but again, I think that again, the Heat has some shooters, and they can shoot their way into the series. They can shoot their way out of the series. So I think that again, I think that Miami has a shot. Um, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I think that uh, Miami can do some things. And, and, and put the Lakers on notice that they're in a series. And winning game one would be big. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers, man, they uh, parted ways with Doc Rivers. Um, I, I kind of think that, you know, that might have been the best move for both sides. You know, not even taking into consideration, you know, how this season, you know, um, went on. But I just think that um, Doc Rivers, you know, did what he did out in L.A. And maybe it might be a time for, you know, a new start out there. And who knows? You know, it's not like Doc's not going to get another job, you know. And um, I think that uh, everybody's going to have their opinion on what he should have did or what he could have did. But still enough, I think that, um, you know, Doc Rivers is, is you know, accountable. Um, 
you know, I don't want to throw in the thing that, okay, he lost, you know, 3-1 series and things of that nature. It happens, man. You know, um, you could say a lot. You could say he couldn't find a rotation that worked against Denver. Um, he couldn't get his team to play with enough purpose when it counted. Um, you could say all that. But I think that, um, again, you know, Montreal Harold didn't leave the bubble after his grandmother passed away. Um, you know, Patrick Be- Beverly wasn't always in foul trouble. You know, um, again, ifs and wins, things happen. You know, the thing with Lou Williams, you know, the chemistry. So I think that, again, um, you know, it, I'm not really um, mad at the fact that the, the Clippers didn't get it done. I'm more kind of surprised at the fact that, you know, they, that they didn't give Doc Rivers a chance to kind of like just get this thing together. It really wasn't together. But, I, I mean, I understand. I understand. So, again, um, you know, the Clippers just were playing with a handicap, and I'm not going to make any excuses, you know. And Doc Rivers was out. You know, he was there for, you know, a long time, couldn't get it done. Um, and that's all I'll say to that, man. I just feel like, you know, Doc Rivers, you know, did what he could do in L.A. And um, he's going <clears> to <throat> he's gonna definitely um, get the next job. He'll be somewhere talking about him in Philly. Maybe talking about him in New Orleans, you know. So again, that you know that speaks to what Doc Rivers brings to the table. And this is after further review 2.0, aka sideline pass. Looking at Game One, the best of three wild card series: New York Yankees and the Cleveland Indians. The Yankees are up nine to two. They're looking good right now. All right, the wild card series are here. Um, Major League Baseball playoffs underway in the building and all of that good stuff. All right, this is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. I want to thank my man Steve K for checking in. I don't know if he's still around. Steve, you still here? All right, that's what it is. So, yeah, man, so that's what it is. We're in the building, Yankees up 9-2 to on the Cleveland Indians in game one of this series earlier today. The Houston Astros defeated the Minnesota Twins 4-1 to in game one of their wildcard series. The Chicago White Sox defeated the Oakland A's in game one of their wildcard series. And the Tampa Bay Rays defeated the Toronto Blue Jays 3-1 to in game one of their uh, wildcard series. So, yeah, the first round in this uh, Major League Baseball playoffs of wildcard series, best two out of three, all three games, if necessary, will be in the uh, stadium of the higher seed team. So the Cleveland Indians are hosting the Yankees. All right. So again, man, the Yankees are looking good doing what they do right now. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Um, I saw earlier when Aaron, when uh, um, Aaron judge hit a home run in the first inning. So that got the Yankees off to a good start. Um, <clears throat> what we're looking at right now in the American league, I'm big man right now. The Houston Astros are on a mission. All right. They, you know, wanted to show and prove to people that, you know, the cheating scandal um, was just what it was, and they passed that. Minnesota Twins have some things to prove. They haven't won, you know, a, a, a game or a playoff series in a mad long. Um, the White Sox and the A's, the A's were everybody's pick at the beginning of the season, and the Chicago White Sox were a team that everybody would like to say in a, uh, maybe a year away. But I think the White Sox, especially in a game like today, when uh, Luke Giolito, their ace, I think, went to the seventh inning with a perfect game. So I think along with that White Sox lineup, man, you got to watch out for them. Watch out for the Chicago White Sox. They're a beast. 
Um, the Tampa Bay Rays did their numbers against Toronto. The Blue Jays are a young team. They, you know, have a lot of young bats. They have some pitching. But I think that the Tampa Bay Rays is a little bit better than what Toronto could bring right now. Um, the Yankees are always going to be in the building. They're doing what they do against the Cleveland Indians. Um, Shane Bieber started for Cleveland. And Garrett Cole starts for the Yankees. And that went into my question that I had in regards to starting your ace in game one. Um, I had a conversation, um, and I, you know, and, and, and we were talking like, why would you start your ace in game one of a best two out of three? And it was brought to me that he's your ace and that's what you got him for and things of that nature. So I said, all right, I, I hear that. That's, that's, that's very good logic. I'm not mad at that. But for me, I said, you know, if you start your second best starter in game one, say you lose game one. You have your best starter to fall back on. Say you win game one. You close the series out with your best starter. That's just for me. And I didn't see, um, you know, anything wrong with that logic. I mean, if that's if that's how you want to play it. But I think now um, when you look at it, Yankees started Garrett Cole tonight, winning 9-2. to Cleveland started Shane Bieber. All right, so now they're down. They're going to be down a, a game in the series, all right? Um, and, you know, going back to – they just hit another home run. All right, two-run home run for Brett Gardner. So now it's 11-2. to two. So the Yankees are, are, are putting the beats on the Cleveland Indians right now. So it's 11-2. to two. Um, And, again, you know, they threw Shane Bieber, who's their best pitcher, in game one, and, they, and they're going to lose game one. So now they can't, you know, have to do what they have to do in game two. But they have pitching in Cleveland, so I'm not mad at that. Um, who do I think is going to come out of the American League? You know, I think it, it might, you know, boil down to, again, in the American League Championship Series, it might boil down to Houston and the Yankees. And I think that... Um, if it's Houston and the Yankees, I think that uh, the Yankees are going to win. And uh, we're going to go to the World Series, and we're going to win the World Series. All right? Yep, the Yankees are going to win the World Series. What else am I going to say? All right? Um, in the National League, man, you got the Atlanta Braves against Cincinnati. I think that's going to be a better series than people give it credit for. I think now the Braves have to show and prove now. All right? Um, everybody, you know, talked about them being, you know, the class in the National League East. And now they have to, you know, they're in the spot now where they have to kind of prove it that they're a team that can, you know, go and represent the National League in the World Series. Um, the Cubs and the Marlins. I think the, um, you know, Derek Jeter should be a proud, a proud man right now. His team is in the playoffs. All right. Um, the Cubs and the Marlins. I remember when the Cubs and the Marlins were playing, and um, it takes it back to to the situation with. Uh, uh, was my man. Um, his name is escaping me right now. Um, Moises Alou was in the outfield. Bartman. Bartman. That situation when the Cubs and the Marlins in the playoffs. So they're going to play at Wrigley Field. And um, luckily, no Bartmans are being in the stands for that one. Um, the Padres and the Cardinals. That's going to be a great series. San Diego Padres. Another team that people were like, um, well, me. I was saying, well, watch out for them. Watch out for the San Diego Padres. They're young. They don't care. They're playing great baseball. They have pitching, but I think they're, you know, a couple of their top starters came down with injuries late in the season. So we'll see what happens with them against the Cardinals. Then you have the Dodgers and the Brewers. 
Um, the Dodgers should just walk through Milwaukee, right? The Dodgers should walk, walk through Milwaukee. We'll see. I wish Steve was still on the line so we could talk about that. Um, who do I see coming out of the National League? It's probably going to be the Dodgers. I would like to see the Dodgers and the Padres in the National League Championship Series. That would be crazy because they don't like each other. All right? So um, the Dodgers and the Padres or the Dodgers and the Braves, you know, and, I, I, and whatever is going to be, it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And as long as the Yankees get into the World Series, I'll be all right. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We're going to take a pause to the cause and we come back. We're going to get into some more stuff, do some picks for week four. And um, get the three-minute rant popping, all right? This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution.
Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-423-5704 or message her at facebook.com slash Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. During this crisis, over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food. That's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children. But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye dreaming. You'll style in great handmade tie-dye clothing such as t-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tie-dye dreaming. Or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye Dreamin' today. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Jesus. Yes. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Preach. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, thou shalt Preach. condemn. Lord, give me a sign. For this is the heritage of the service of the Lord. Preach. And that righteousness is of me, said the Lord. Preach. Amen. Uh. 
Lord, give me a sign. I really need to talk to you, Lord. Since the last time we talked, the walk has been hard. Now I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown. And I'm still going through it. What? Pain and a hurt. Yeah. Soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt. Yeah. And I know only I can stop the rain with just a mention of my Savior's name. In the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke you for what I go through and trying to make me do what I used to. But all that stops right here. As long as the Lord's in my life, I will have no fear. I will know no pain from the light to the dark. I will show no shame, spit it right from the heart. Cause it's right from the start. You held me down and ain't nothing they can tell me now. Lord, give me a sign. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what I'm gonna find. It's all in time. Show me how to teach the mind. Show me how to reach the blind. Lord, give me a sign. Show me what I got to do to bring me closer to you. Cause I'ma go through whatever you want me to. Just let me know what to do. Lord, give me a sign. Please show me something. I'm tired of talking to him, knowing he's fighting. Crying about life ain't nothing. But you either be the one mad cause you trapped or the one hunting. Trapped in your own mind, waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Or hunting with the word that cuts like a sword. The spoken word is stronger than the strongest man. Carries the whole world like the strongest hand. Through the trials and tribulations, you never let us down. Jesus, I know you're here with us now. Jesus, I know you're still with us now. Keep it real with us now. I want to feel, show me how. Please let me take your hand. Guide me. I walk slow, but stay right beside me. Devil's trying to find me. Hide me. Hold up. I take that back. Protect me and give me the strength to fight. Give me a sign. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what I'm going to find. It's all in time. Show me how to teach the mind. Show me how to reach the blind. Lord, give me a sign. Show me what I got to do to bring me closer to you. Cause I'm going to go through whatever you want me to. Just let me know what to do. Lord, give me a sign. I forget, never die. Uh. I will never live a lie. Uh. I'm going to get because I try. What? I won't quit until I die. Yo, what's going on? We're back in the building after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sign when I pass. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's what it is, man. We in the building, man, live and direct from 8 to 10 Eastern time. All right, we'll be doing our thing on Wednesday night. I right, start October the 7th, all right? Make sure you get in with that same number. Just we're going to be doing it on a different day. That's all. So make sure you get it with us, man. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, Wednesday night. All right? Make sure you rock out. I'm on Twitter at RMDesk. Get at me. All right? Facebook, we got the group. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Um, You know, I always talked about my hockey people, man. I got to shout them out. Make sure I take care of them. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are the champions of the National Hockey League Stanley Cup champions, the COVID Cup champions did their thing. Um, again, I think that, you know, if any team that deserved to win um, the Stanley Cup, 
it would be, you know, Tampa Bay, especially when they came off, you know, the season that they had recently, man, where, um, you know, they were, you know, a top team in the league in the regular season and got swept in the first round. So, um, you know, you, you always bounce back. Um, it came into the season with all the pieces that you look for in a, in a legitimate, you know, Stanley Cup contender. They had, you know, top scoring, um, Nikita Kucherov, Brayton Point, Steven Stamkos. All right. You know, basically real solid on the defensive side. Victor Hedman, you know what I mean, did his numbers. You know, the goaltender was solid in the special teams. But um, what happened last year, um, I think gave them a little, you know, a motivation to do what they needed to do, man, um, especially in the front office where they wanted to get better. Um, they were the hottest team in the league at the, you know, at this year's trade deadline. Um, they still recognize that they had, you know, prove a lot and do what they do. So they went out and got, you know, um, made some moves. They got Blake Coleman. They got Barclay Goodrow. Um, you know, paying above market value for both of them. But I think that um, it was a gamble that they, you know, they needed to take. And, um, again, um, they gave up two first-round picks and one of their top prospects in Northern Foot in order to bring those guys in. But I think it paid off with a Stanley Cup title. So, again, um you know, those guys, you know, especially Coleman and uh, Goodrow and Yanny Gord, they, um, you know, um, did a lot for Tampa in the playoffs. They were a nightmare for opponents. They ate up minutes against time competition. I, um, they, you know, also produced offensively. So, again, you know, Tampa Bay, they outscored their opponents 18-8. to eight. So, again, um, it, you know, the top line, you know, those guys, the Kucherovs and those guys, um, they were just doing their numbers crazy in the playoffs. Kucherov had 34 points. He had seven goals, 27 assists in the 25 games that they played. You know, Braden Point had 14 goals and 19 assists. So, again, they, you know, they were, they were scoring. They were doing their numbers. They did everything that they needed to do. Um, not only did Tampa Bay have the most complete team in the postseason, they, you know, proved that they could beat teams in whatever way that they had to. If things, you know, the game opened up. They were more capable of, you know, winning the shootout. Um, they were also capable of, you know, grinding out tough wins against, you know, physical defensive teams. So, again, however they needed to get it done, they, they did it. So I think that um, it's not strange that Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup. It's kind of bugged out on how they did it, you know, and it took this long. But, um, again, the circumstances were, you know, what they were. And um, as for the timing, um, you know, Tampa Bay becomes the first team to win the Stanley Cup after getting swept as a one seed in, you know, the year before. So, again, you know, you go from, you know, the outhouse to the penthouse, back to the outhouse, back to the penthouse. So that's that's what happened with the, um, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning. So you have to give it to them, man. They, they you know, they stuck to their guns. They realized, that, you know, where they had to get better at. They got better. They had to, you know, Sacrifice some things. They sacrificed, you know, first round picks, and um, again, um, it paid off for them. So shout out to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning for uh, winning the Stanley Cup. Shout out to the Dallas Stars for even, you know, getting to the finals. Salute to them. You know, respect. So again, it was it had to be tough, man. In, in that in that you know scenario, man, you know, is getting to a Stanley Cup final, and you know, um, you know, even though you came up short, you still you know, did what you needed to do. They were banged up. You know, I think that um, injuries happen. 
you know, um, Blake Kamal, he was injured in game three. He didn't come back. Um, you know, a couple of other guys are injured. So I think that, um, you know, injuries are part of the whole scenario, all right? Every team suffers, you know, bumps and, and, and bruises on that road to, you know, getting to the Stanley Cup. But Dallas were hit really, really hard. You know, they didn't really have a lot of depth, you know. Um, so, again, I think that, you know, with the part of Tampa Bay being, you know, just better than them, I think that, um, you know, Dallas just, you know, ran into a team that, you know, at a bad time, you know, people were hurt. They weren't playing their best hockey. So it happens, man. So, again, salute to the um, Tampa Bay Lightning. Victor Hedman wins the uh, Con Smythe for Tampa Bay. Um, he had seven points in the Stanley Cup final. I And, um, again, salute to them. You know, and again, they, they have something to fall back on. I think that's this catch team. So, salute to her and the Tampa Bay Lightning um, winning the Stanley Cup, man. So, again, uh, Victor Hedman, he's the fourth defenseman in the last 20 years to win the Con Smythe Trophy. That's the MVP of the Stanley Cup Finals. So, that's that, man. So, hockey season is a done deal. Um, and um, I want to uh, shout out to my man, Henrik Lundqvist, man. Goaltender from the New York Rangers. Um, the New York Rangers are expected to um, buy out the contract. Uh, Hendrick Lundqvist. So they're part ways with him. Thirty-eight years old. He had one year left on a seven-year, fifty-nine and a half million dollar contract. He signed back in twenty thirteen. Um, he's going to be a free agent for the first time in his career. And um, he'll probably try to, you know, link up with a team, you know, that that's, has a real chance of, you know, getting the Stanley Cup. Um, but yeah, man, so Henry Lundqvist, man, he was, he was that guy, man, you know. You know, you know, go back to, you know, when the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014. Um, you know, it was, it was uh, uh, a great season for the Rangers, but we lost to L.A., um, you know, he had 15 years with the Rangers. Um, we went to the playoffs 11 years out of, you know, in his first 12 seasons, 11 out of his first 12 seasons. Um, I mean, he, you know, did his numbers, man. But again, you know, he's been loyal to the Rangers. The Rangers, you know, um, wanted to um, be loyal to him, but they asked him, you know, where he wanted to be traded to give him a better chance to go for a Stanley Cup. But um, he decided to stay with the Rangers, so that's, that's dope. But, um, again, now he's going to, you know, have to decide whether he's going to, you know, retire or, um, you know, do, you know, join another team on a, you know, short-term, you know, probably short money deal or a chance to, uh, you know, ch chase the Stanley Cup. But um, shout-out to him, all right? Um, we're going to get to the two-minute rant right about now. First of all, I want to thank my man Steve for checking in, man. Um, make sure you check him out, Steve K. Talking Packers with Steve. That's my that's my guy. He's a big Packer fan and he supports the team. So shout out to him for um rocking out with me tonight, man. I um we're gonna get into the three minute rant. The three minute rant begins right now. And what I want to talk about in the three minute rant is the Baltimore Ravens, man. Um I'm gonna say this. I think that the Baltimore Ravens are a team that everybody wants to see win. Everybody would like to see win. 
But I think that their best attribute is their worst attribute. And what I mean by that is that look at Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson gives the Baltimore Ravens, you know, a a very, very good chance to win every week from the quarterback position. But I think he also gives them a good chance to get beat every week from the quarterback position. And the game against the Kansas City Chiefs is the perfect example of that. I think for all the, you know, talent and skill that Lamar Jackson brings to the table, um, he can be made to look very ordinary. And I think that's the problem that I think Baltimore is going to have to face. I think, you know, defensively, you know, we don't worry about what they do on the defense. They're already, they're tight. But I think more attention is going to be paid to what the Baltimore Ravens aren't doing offensively. All right? When they're throwing the ball around and everything is lovely, you know, and, and it's it's a great thing. But then you have nights where Lamar Jackson throws for 97 yards and he runs for 83. So, again, I think that that's not going to be good enough to, 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 um, beat you know better the better defenses in the NFL, and um, I think that um, you know relying more on what they do on the defense is going to start to wear on that defense. And I think that um, again, with the game plan should be with Lamar Jackson. I think that uh, make him a threat, but I think you know you can't take the ball out of his hands. And what I mean by that is you can't tell him not to, you know, you know, run with the football because that's what he does. And I think that's an extension of that Baltimore Ravens offense. It gives them another dimension and another look. So I think that's fine that he does that. But I think at the end of the day that once, you know, defenses are, you know, moving um, in a way where it, it makes it hard for Lamar Jackson to, you know, to, to get those yards and to outplay those defenses and things of that nature, it's going to be, um, it, it's going to, you know, come down on him. And, and a perfect example of that is the playoffs. I mean, regular season, Lamar Jackson is a beast. But in the playoffs, I mean, and then you get home games. So, again, you know, what what do you do? You know, and I just think that the Baltimore Ravens have to figure it out before the, uh, you know, the rest of the league really figures it out. And um, not taking nothing away from Lamar, but I just want to see the Baltimore Ravens do their thing, man, and be the team we know they are. And that's the three minute rent. Yo, we're going to get up out of here, man. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. You got the mayor in the building. Make sure you get at me on Twitter at RMDeps. Make sure you get up the group, man. After further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass is on Facebook. All right. Um, shout out to my new knockoffs crew, man. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday nights. 9 to 11 after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. We are moving to Wednesday, so make sure you check us out, man. October 7th, Action VR Network, pulling us down. Shout out to my man, the ubiquitous Pretty Bob James, all right? We out the whole unit over at Action VR Network. Shout out to y'all, man. All right, Mr. Mayor, I holler at y'all. I see you when I'm looking at you, and y'all enjoy. Wednesday night, y'all. Wednesday night, October 7th is going down. All right, make sure you right there with us after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass, Action VR Network, October 7th. All right, peace.